0: O Christ, our King, guide us to seek your truth. Come whence it may, cost what it will, lead where it might. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Have you ever had a conversation with someone in which, after a few minutes, you realize that you are talking about completely different things? Well, that's exactly what we are witnessing in this conversation between Pontius Pilate and Jesus Christ. The setting is the middle of Jesus' passion on the morning of Good Friday. Jesus has been charged with a capital offense and has to go before the Roman authority to have his case decided. What we heard read in John is the interrogation scene. Pilate trying to ascertain whether or not Jesus is guilty of sedition, of claiming that he is a king in opposition to the Roman emperor. Jesus, though, has no interest in claiming earthly kingship, as he is the king of kings and lord of lords. But where Pilate and Jesus are two ships passing in the night is that for Pilate, kingship is about power, and for Jesus, it is about truth. This conversation is an important one for us to eavesdrop into because it is easy for us to think about power and authority on Pilate's terms, with the result being that we end up talking to Pilate instead of Jesus. The Sunday before Advent is known as Christ the King Sunday, a day to consider under whose authority we sit. Perhaps more than ever, we need this message that Christ is King, so that we might align our allegiances with his rule. But we also desperately need to find the grace and the peace that comes in knowing that Christ is our King. And so we live under the rule of one who loves us and redeems us. Now, the reason why the name Pilate means anything today is that he is named in the creed. Otherwise, he would be a footnote to history. The same goes for every single ruler or king throughout history, even the really famous or infamous ones are little more than answers to jeopardy questions. Sure, maybe they made an impact on history, but they have no more power. They exercise no authority. They have no dominion. And those who occupy seats of power and influence today will soon be the same, dead and impotent. Even the most powerful leaders today, they cannot give us salvation They are not willing to die for us. They cannot give us the peace that passes all understanding. It is only in bowing down before Christ our King that we can find these things. All of the rulers that we have known are interested in having a kingdom, even if they call it something else. We all want there to be realms where our word is the law, where we answer to no one, where we have total jurisdiction. For some people, that domain is in their bodies or their minds. They want to decide what is moral and not. They want autonomy over their lives. Others want that kind of control over society. They want to be able to decide the policies that will arrange our common life. Still others care most about the kingdom of attention wanting to influence others and be the pattern that others follow. Now, that's just human nature. There's no sense in denying it. The issue for us as people of faith is that we want to avoid giving our allegiance to those sorts of leaders and institutions. Every single earthly kingdom has a boundary as as much as the Roman Empire or Amazon might want to rule the world. They do not. Every kingdom and every ruler is limited in scope and power. As Jesus cautioned us, we cannot serve two masters. And so if our ultimate allegiance is to a party, a nation, a balance sheet, or an idea, then we will be unable to follow Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus said hard things like, unless you take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. The kingdom of Jesus has no edges. There is no place where Jesus is not sovereign. And this is why so many people reject Jesus and do not want him to be their authority. Because we have been trained to think that our minds are ours to make up. That our money is ours to spend. That our decisions are ours to make. But living under the kingship of Christ means that we are under his rule. Yes, it might be a gracious and a life-giving rule, but it is still someone else's rule. All the way back to Adam and Eve, we know that humans struggle with limits and want to govern ourselves. Sure, Jesus might be a good consultant, teacher, or guru, but because of sin, we would all rather be the Lord of our own lives. And because the kingdom of Jesus has no geographic, categorical, or temporal boundaries, it means it's a different kind of kingdom. And this is where Jesus and Pilate end up talking past one another. Pilate asked him, so, you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, What is truth? Now, of course, Jesus does not offer a direct answer here, but previously he has, he has told us. And we have come to know that Jesus himself is the truth. He does not point us to the truth. He does not teach us the truth. He is the truth. And so that means that things like mercy, forgiveness, compassion, humility, lowliness, and love are all synonyms of truth. It means that if we want to see a picture of the truth, we look at the cross of Christ, which is the throne of Christ our King. And this is what makes Christ unique as a king. Sure, other rulers, they have dominions. They might have armies. But none of their rule is about bringing us into the truth. Jesus says that the truth is the very reason that he came into the world. That his kingdom is about living in the truth. And that word truth in the Greek of the New Testament is a compound word. It means to not forget. Now all of the kingdoms of this world, they want us to forget things. They want us to forget the limits of their power and their knowledge. They want us to forget the fact that all people are the beloved children of God and nothing can change that. To forget that love is the most important thing to forget that we have been forgiven and redeemed. Under the most gracious rule of King Jesus, we do not forget these things. Rather, we are embraced by the truth of God's love. Jesus not only has a kingdom, he alone has the truth. And so the question for us is whether or not we embrace this rule, or if we insist on living under the rule of tyrants, of our own making. Part of what makes this exchange between Pilate and Jesus so interesting is the way that Jesus reverses the roles. He is supposed to be being interrogated by Pilate, but Jesus is the one asking the tough questions. When Pilate asks him if he is the king of the Jews, Jesus retorts with a question of his own. Do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? It's wonderful to have the sound of a baby back in this space after two years. But Jesus asks a question of his own. Do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? And that just might be the most important question that Jesus ever asked. It's a question of how we know what we know. The fancy word for this is epistemology, a branch of theology and philosophy often described as the theory of knowledge. And we are in the midst of what can be described as an epistemic crisis, meaning that we think things without giving it much thought. Think about all the issues that are at the core of so many of our divisions in society right now. Epidemiology and a pandemic, critical race theory, economic practices, and climate change. We all have opinions on these topics, often rather strong opinions. And in most every instance, none of us are experts on these issues. As the saying goes, we know just enough to be dangerous. Yes, this is about fact checkers and social media and the media, but it's about so much more than that. The fact that there are charlatans out there who try to influence people with lies is nothing new. Rather, what is new is the way that so many of us are so easily duped. Now, it was a joke back in 2005 in the realm of political satire when Stephen Colbert coined the word truthiness. Truthiness is defined as a belief or assertion that a particular statement is true based on intuition or feelings without regard to evidence, logic, or facts. In other words, if something seems true or we would like it to be true, that's good enough. And whether we admit it or not, every single one of us does this. There's simply no way for us to research every bit of information that comes our way. For example, I wake up in the morning and I need to know if I need the light jacket or the heavy jacket. And I simply trust the forecast that my phone gives me. I don't investigate where that data is coming from or what the credentials are of the person who put it there. The same is true for the vaccine. I will admit that I cannot explain to you how messenger RNA works, but I have put my trust in those who have given their lives to medical research. And I'll also confess that it's frustrating when people dismiss my knowledge and expertise when it comes to things like scripture, ethics, and theology. We always build on the knowledge of others. In no way am I saying that we should not trust one another. I'm actually saying the opposite. The very alarming issue, though, is when we are ignorant of the fact that our minds are being made up by others. The scary thing is not people who claim that they don't really understand. It's those who claim that they understand something but cannot tell you how or why they know it. Now lest you think I'm just going out of my way to talk about a modern social issue, This is exactly the question that Jesus asked Pilate. Do you really think that I am claiming to be a king? Or are you just believing what others have told you? It's a question of how we know what we claim to know. And the truth is, Jesus has never sought to build an earthly kingdom to compete with Rome. Jesus has not conscripted an army. He has not plotted a coup attempt. Pilate, on his own, had no open file on Jesus. But others told him that Jesus was claiming to be a king, and that set off Pilate's own fears and insecurities. It's the exact same strategy used by the serpent at the very beginning of Genesis. Did God really tell you not to eat from the fruit of that tree? Gaslighting is nothing new. Our concern is that if we exchange the truth for lies, then we turn away from Jesus, who is the truth. And the reason why this is such an important question for us as Christians is that all of the other kingdoms out there want us to adopt their truths. They stay in power when we believe that those other people over there are to blame or when we believe that we need them in order to be good enough or that we must have them to protect us. Now, in certain cases, there might be elements of truth in those claims. To be sure, I trust the church a good bit, but we always have to ask the question, why do I trust this? And if the answer is not very clearly, because this points me to Jesus, then we need to be very cautious about handing over our fidelity. It all goes back to this conversation between Jesus and Pilate. Whom are we in conversation with? Pilate or Jesus? Are we talking about power, (laughs) rights, influence, and authority? Well, those are the domains of Pilate. Instead, Jesus would have us to be talking about mercy, peace, and love. Pilate stood there, face to face with truth incarnate, and asked, what is truth? Unable to see it right in front of him. God save us from making the same mistake.